All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. This is the podcast where we highlight undiscovered talent. We're scanning Y Combinator, Pioneer, Product Hunt, Twitter, Indie Hackers, all these different networks to find really interesting founders and interesting projects and startups, and we feature them on the podcast before you've probably heard of any of them. And what's great about this is you get to follow along on their journey as they become more and more successful and say, I knew them when. So thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders, and let's get into our next founder you haven't heard of, but you will. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very, very excited to be talking to Didrik Strum, who is the co-founder of Young Sustainable Impact. Hey, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, man. It's going good. Uh, or in the, yeah, even if it's, uh, I have to be home for the fourth week. You know, I will say, you know, everything going on in the world is like, you know, pretty sad and whatnot, but there is one upside for for me and the podcast is that like I have a lot more time to sit in this seat and just record a ton of episodes of, of the podcast. Um, I actually might be yeah. like boosting it to two episodes a day at some point. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I do that. Um, yeah. For the people that don't know what you're working on at YSI, um, which is Young Sustainable Impact, can you talk about um, what it is and, and what you're working on? Yeah. Um... It's important to note that YSI has been for the past three, four years, been working on running a five month innovation program. Um, we do it a bit differently. We do two things that is not so normal or even statistically good to do, which is we do it remotely for four and a half months before the participants come to Oslo. And the other thing we do is we take only individuals and we create teams from scratch. So the individuals come in without an idea or problem and they have to create the team, the ID, you know, even research the problem before they found it, find an ID before, you know, going through the whole program. Um, but mainly we focus on creating startups, tackling uh, sustainability issues. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, yeah. Sorry. Keep, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. No. So that's what we've been doing. We've been working with uh, young entrepreneurs from across the world. Uh, we get over 10,000 applicants from over 170 countries each year. Uh, but we've only been able to give like 0.25% of these people the actual chance to, to learn and, and be guided by us, right? So what we're doing now is we're building a platform that can essentially give the same uh, level of guidance to a lot more people than we've been able to do so far. That's awesome. So it, it's a, would you consider it as like a label, like accelerator for social impact, like companies or um or i guess how would you categorize it so listeners can categorize in their head and then i'd love to hear a little more about the um the platform that you're building so i would categorize it as a generator so it's not an incubator and it's not an accelerator because what we do is we help from absolute scratch to uh, product market fit uh, that's what we're trying to end up with and then we want them to sort of go to accelerators like y combinator uh, catapult what whatnot yeah that makes sense and you have tons of people applying that that's huge i would love to hear how, how do you get the word out or how have you gotten the word out about ysi and uh, um and yeah i i guess um how are you doing distribution because that's an incredible amount of applications you know for for such such a small amount of spots yeah well uh it honestly started just randomly in 2017 uh we reached out like 
our normal strategies, getting pages to sort of talk about us, opportunity sites, get it out to the right networks. Uh, so we, we had a lot of people that just helped out sort of pushing it in, in, into the right networks, which was young people, you know, caring about the world in some way and, you know, wanted to do something within entrepreneurship and innovation. So suddenly it just blasted across uh, the world and we didn't really do much after the first two weeks. It just went on by itself for the next two, three weeks in the application process. So something I'm interested in is, you know, I'm in the US, I'm in Arizona, and I, when I think of different places, you know, channels, filters to find cool, impressive people, I, I generally think of, of the only ones I think of are generally US-based because that's just what, what I know about. Um, for you, since this is global, how, like, can you tell me your perspective being in, um, in Norway, um, what channels did you tap into? Like when you say you spread it across the world, like what does that even mean? Um, like how do you know, it, like, oh, like this organization in Europe, this one in North America? Like, do you, can you dive into just how you view things from, from your perspective there? Yeah, well, I guess it's a good point. Like I'm in Norway and I'm equally, because we work with, we have a YSI program in China, in Bangladesh and in Singapore for Southeast Asia. So I'm, I'm much more tuned into the entrepreneurship uh, going on in those countries in those areas but as, at the same time in Norway like everyone is grown up with American culture so I got like bo- best of both worlds uh, but when it comes to actually reaching out to this many people from Africa and, and Asia especially it's been more about trying a lot of different stuff I call it like hardcore guerrilla marketing you just try everything and then you look at the numbers what actually works so which which sites actually give you quality applicants and then you just basically double down on everything that works uh, so when i think it's a bit about the popularity of the the concept of working on these sustainable development goals coming to norway fully funded for two weeks etc like any any company that wants to do innovation uh, or are, are doing some sort of innovation thing and they want a lot of young people to sort of recognize them they should just create an a program like that it costs very little uh, comparatively and uh, yeah, they could get a lot of people from, you know, everywhere in the world. And that's, uh, that's something you need to understand. Like when you're trying to reach out to China, you don't use Facebook. When you try to reach out to Russia, you don't use Facebook, you use VK, right? VK is like the Facebook over there. There's even something called Facebook for Muslims. And there's, you know, stuff in China that you have never heard about before unless you've been checking into it. So as a digital marketer, you need to really get away from the uh, I'm in America or I'm in Norway sort of mindset. Yeah, definitely. Um, th- that makes a lot of sense. So w- what are some of the, do you like any RFPs, like requests for projects that you wish people worked on or ha- when they, when you choose your cohort, the, the, the 0.25% of, of people for the program, do they come with ideas? Do you tell them here are the ideas, figure out what you want? Um, can you, can you kind of um, talk about that process? So one of the criterias for to getting into the program is obviously that you've done something before, right? You've not necessarily entrepreneurship, just that you've shown initiative and actually, you know, made it successful. And when we do that, we look at people's background in, in four different rounds, and then we just put them in teams together. So we basically focus on their uh, motivation, uh, what they care about, and make sure that it's a diversity and skill set, but it's sort of similarities in, in their vision and what they want to do in the world. 
and then they start researching the problem um, and they try to find a problem they really care about, not necessarily focused on the idea itself uh, in the beginning. Yeah, that makes sense. And you said that they they come to Norway for for two weeks during the program, but it's primarily remote. So do you like do you have a team members all across the world in different time zones? Do you keep them in similar time zones? How do you deal with the global challenges of just like a, a remote teams in general? <laughs> yeah, the, I guess in the program itself, like I don't have to deal too much with it because I don't work directly with the teams, but obviously the teams themselves are from different continents at sometimes. We try to make them as close in time zone as possible, but to have a, a very good team that is sort of in the same area of interest, very difficult to keep the same. But what we do is like, there's so many things. We wrote a white paper on how to work remotely for one, um, which we have out for free on our website. Uh, it's basically so many tips. There's so many things you have to care about. It's not only one hack to sort of work remotely. It is 55 hacks at least. And they all have to sort of be there at the same time. They can't just sometimes be there and sometimes not. Uh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. What, what would you say some of the, from what you've learned, some of the most important hacks are right now the whole world is working remotely or most of the world are there any tips that you could give that might be counterintuitive or not as obvious that you've learned, you know, along the journey? I think a lot of people are focused on the tools and yeah, the tools are important. Like how do you schedule large meetings? How do you do workshops using Zoom breakout rooms? Like all of that is, is okay. But what people are not focused on is, is all about the team itself. Right. And I'm guessing a lot of teams experience this now who actually cares about what they're doing or not like who's willing to fight for their startup because it is a difficult time for so many startups looking at new opportunities and, you know, seeing this as a chance to sort of do something differently and change things. Uh, the same has something to do with the remote or remote work teams. Like if you don't care about what you do, there's no way you're going to make it because you're going to have so many reasons to not do it. So that's what you got to look for. If your team members are sort of always coming up with new problems instead of saying, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I think this can be a solution then they're not worth it. Like, honestly, if they're not trying to be solution oriented, uh, working remotely, especially in these times as well, uh, you're not going to have a good time with them working remotely. When companies, let's say someone's starting right now and they're decided to start a remote company, should you look for types of people that have already thrived in remote work? Or do you look for qualities and people, if you're hiring, do you look for qualities that like, although they haven't done remote work in the past, you feel like they will be good for remote work. Is there a balance there or what, what's, what, what have you found in your experience? Yeah, there's, so there's some types of people, but I, but it's not clear enough. It's not like it's scientific yet for me, uh, but I do definitely see that if I have people that have worked remotely, it's simpler to understand, like, at least in the beginning, it's less of a storming phase to work remotely. Um, but so, yeah, there's, I, don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to give some characteristics, uh, but obviously people who are more open, people have been more places who have a very good structure to their day. Uh, and communicate very openly. Uh, those are people that are more likely to make it uh, in a remote work team. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. What, uh, are there any projects that you personally um, or startups or initiatives 
um, that you want to see in the sustain sustainability space, whether it comes out of YSI, whether it's just another company, um, what do you want to see built in this world, in the world of sustainability? So one thing I've been always very much into is something revolving Google Analytics for the world problems. Like imagine that you can have single systems for the different, like let's say clean water and sanitation. We actually had a start of trying this uh, in last year. They're sort of still trying, but not really making it, but sort of having a map uh, where you can see solutions and problems and everybody could put themselves on the map and have a communication system. Uh, it could be clean energy. It could be, uh, you know, clean water, uh, anything really that is problems across the world. Because one thing we need to know to, to be able to solve a problem is how massive is the problem? Where is it? And, you know, who's working on it? And then we need to figure out, are we actually getting closer or are we just, you know, I can give 100,000 people clean water for, you know, 50 years going starting now, but it doesn't really matter in the end because we need to know how many of the at least 600 million people that doesn't have clean water, um, how many of them every year in the, yeah, are we actually getting into so that those those type of solution collaboration platforms etc that's something i really want to have in the world yeah. and what would you say is the long-term vision for ysi um you know 10 years from now 20 years from now what do you want it to look like and um what impact do you want to have had you know at the, the peak of its vision yeah so so it's definitely helping millions of people across the world to get their solution uh, tackling actual problems in the world getting that their solutions out there. So not in like 20 a year, but like millions and not even that we have so much to say about it, but this is why we're creating the platform. So the digital platform we're making is basically a dynamic system that's using algorithms to be able to, first of all, give uh, entrepreneurs the right content, not for reading and so on, but to get things done like a lean canvas or a problem interview or something that you can use. How, to be, how do you build an MVP in, in four days or one day? like dynamic learning programs should be able to uh, detect what a person that is looking to learn needs and provide that very uh, automatically. You know, our question when building the platform is how can we replicate the value people get from going Y Combinator, you know, going to Catapult, YSI, how can we replicate that at a massive scale? So that's what we're working on now is the scale of the whole, of the whole thing. So providing a community that can help each other and using really good algorithms so that it always feel relevant. I think one of the problems now is that you get into a platform or a community and it's not really relevant. Like you just get a lot of information and you never know what to actually do. So that's what we're trying to tackle now, which we don't find like there's so many good learning things out there, but not the combination of dynamic algorithmic learning as well as a community that can actually be there at scale so that you can get that mentorship, that guidance, that help when you need it, et cetera. So that's what we're building now to provide help to millions of people, especially focusing on, you know, everyone that doesn't get into the programs across the world, focusing on them as well so they can get quality guidance. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, that's huge. I, re I really like that. Uh, is that something, is that going to be under like the YSI brand? Is that going to be something totally different? Like if, if someone wanted to follow up on that and check it out once it's live, like where does that live in the YSI ecosystem? Yeah. So that's the whole thing is we're going to be less focused on YSI when that platform comes in. It's going to be focused on our community earthpreneurs. 
So that community is like, it's anyone that didn't get into our program as well. Like we tried, we just get all of those people, like here's our earthpreneurs community. And the idea is that literally anyone who's doing innovation programs, entrepreneurship programs can also use this platform. So they can basically get the, the whole program if they want, uh, or they can get access to basically edit themselves. Like, so they can use parts of the program, but they can also, so in the end, it's not directly we're going to impact, you know, billions of people. It's indirectly as well, providing other programs out there to have higher quality. I've been to so many of them and there's just not high quality enough on the content that is provided. Uh, it's not dynamic enough. It's always people are trained in like one, two, three, four steps. Uh, you know, even some people that are doing lean design thinking, they're always following the steps. They're not dynamic enough. And those are the things that we need to be, especially on programs that doesn't have a lot of money. Like some programs out there have millions of dollars they spend on sort of helping their companies. YSI, for example, have had less than, you know, maybe $200,000, $300,000 to run a five month program. So we are very high, low maintenance to actually run quality programs. So that's what we're hoping to see at a very large scale in the world. Is the dynamic data uh, or the dynamic questions or the dynamic learnings, is that something that you're building custom? Is, it, is there software that allow that? And like, ha if it's custom, I personally haven't seen anything like that on software at scale. How do you know what to build? Um, how do you know what features, you know, I, I guess um, that would be a huge jump for like really like humanity if we can get that software out and it was, like, it was good. So I'm curious, how do you know what to build with the dynamic, uh, dynamic um, learning paths? So I, I guess I wouldn't say that I know exactly 100% what to build. Uh, what we're doing is obviously we're, 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 we've done a lot of research, a lot of interviews, a lot of data gathering for the past three, four years in the, in the remote program. And what is different is that we've been following individuals from scratch, like literally how do you create a team from scratch even, so that we can help anyone in the stage from zero to anywhere uh, like uh, after uh, into uh, product market fit. So we see that what we have is, it's a lot of manual um, triggers and actions. So you could add like, if you're doing a certain action inside of the platform, it will come up certain uh, suggestions, like you should do this. Uh, you can even have something we call check yourself, which is like a quiz that you can do to, to understand where you should uh, work on or what you maybe have missed. Um, so there's a lot of that going on while the algorithms is more able to provide learning over time so that we can understand how do we make it more and more dynamic. Uh, but there's definitely hundreds of thousands of things to learn. And it's more about the things that we can't even understand, right? I can probably put in 400 triggers per module, et cetera, but I wouldn't be able to do everything. So the algorithm won't work in the beginning. That's why we have a chat bot, which basically you can ask for help in terms of how do I do anything in, inside of those the first stages of the startup carrier. So like, how do I do a contract? How do I do marketing, et cetera? So that plus the community, like if you're stuck, you have the chatbot or you have the community. So the algorithm is something that will be useful, but it won't be perfect. I don't think it ever will. It will always sort of develop. And we're yeah. also building it from scratch, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Super exciting stuff. Uh, for my last question, um, what's something that the forward thinking founders community can do to help you? Is there any ask that you have for, for any listener that um, can help you with what you're trying to do with your vision? 
definitely like we're very open for collaboration on the right points and one of the things we're looking for is people who are really experts at certain things like for example growth marketing people who are experts at setting up the legal side of business people who want to be part of building this content uh, would be very helpful because we're expert on some things but there's so many things to be good at and uh, yeah if, if people feel like they can be part of you know building the content learning things on the platform um that would be that would be cool all right well thank you for coming on i'm, I'm really impressed with what you're building and looking forward to seeing what you do in the next decade so thanks again for coming on yeah and thanks for having me okay thank you everyone for tuning into that episode i hope you really enjoyed it and luckily there's another one coming up real soon but before then i have a couple things to tell you first if you're listening to this and you think you're working on something cool or you think you're smart hit me up on twitter i am at matt underscore sherman and that is matt with one t so hit me up shoot me a dm and i'm happy to check out what you're working on and maybe we can get you on the pod but at the very least i'm happy to give you feedback on your product or project or startup lastly if you can please rate this podcast in the itunes store that would be awesome i'm trying to get up in the rankings so more people can discover these awesome founders and the only way to do that or one of the ways to do that is growing with rankings so if you like what you're listening to please just go onto the itunes store give it five stars or four you know or three i'm not going to tell you what to give but just tell whatever i deserve you should rate that with that i'm signing off see you next time bye